Financial success is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. And thank you for choosing Market Wrap with Mo Ansari. Welcome back, everyone, to Market Wrap. I'm Mo Ansari, and you're tuned in as you've been doing so for over 25 years now. On our guest line is Jeff Reeves, editor of InvestorPlace.com. Mr. Reeves is a financial journalist whose commentary has appeared in, in numerous financial media, including the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Market Watch, TheStreet.com, the Fox Business Channel, to name a few. is a former editor of the New York Times, has been invited to the White House on two separate occasions for the Personal Finance Online Summit. Mr. Reeves is also the author of The Frugal Investor's Guide to Finding Great Stocks. Mr. Reeves, welcome back to Market Wrap. Thanks. It's great to be here. Jeff, let's talk about uh, the five healthcare trends for a strong portfolio uh, this is the article you, uh, that I saw, and it's an interesting article. It, it, you, you discussed healthcare as being one of the only, and I quote, your only safe bet in the sickly stock market. Why is that this the only safe bet, and why do you think this is a sickly stock market? Well, I think that, broadly speaking, everybody's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? I mean, there's a lot of talk about valuations being stretched. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen. Uh, if and when the Federal Reserve raises rates, uh, what that's going to mean for some stocks that have kind of been bond-like. Uh, they seem like they're low risk, some utility stocks, some consumer staple stocks. But if you can get a you know, 25 3%, even 3.5% yield elsewhere, other than having the risk of equities, where does that money go? Okay. Um, so I think there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. I'll throw in the kind of global economic environment, the uncertainty in China and in Europe. Uh, and I think that investors are right to be a little concerned about the state of things. Uh, I happen to think, though, um, the only real place where you can go to find the, the kind of stability and growth uh, that I think a lot of investors are looking for in their portfolio is healthcare, And I think that it's it kind of a tale of the numbers. It's also a tale of kind of demographic and social trends. Uh, and, you know, when you get the might of, you know, millions, uh, billions of people uh, kind of behind it, uh, I, I think when you when you look at the trends, it's really difficult to discount the power uh, that healthcare stocks can play in your portfolio over the long term. There might be volatility in the short term. But I think for people who are in this for the long haul, uh, you can do much worse than being overweight in healthcare right now. So you're not looking at biotech as as the area, but you're looking at big healthcare companies that provide insurance and things like those, the insurance companies and so on. Or, or are you also looking at biotech? I am actually also looking at biotech. I mean, I think the important thing to remember is that um, I, I, I take a longer view. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. I think most people kind of trade too much and they make bets. Uh, that are a little bit too risky. Right. Um, but there are instruments out there that allow people to pay, play the potential of biotech w- with a limited amount of risk. There's always risk in equities, right? But uh, one of the best funds out there that I like is the XBI uh, ETF. Um, it's from State Street Global. It's one of the spiders. It's a biotech spider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredibly diversified. They actually have a bunch of small biotech companies in there, none of which are more than 2 or 3% of the entire portfolio. So you don't have to, you know, hit a home run with an individual winner that may get a, a great drug out there or it could also go to zero if it doesn't get FDA approval. But by buying a basket through a fund like the XBI, you know, you're not going to get that 200% returns overnight when Big Pharma buys out this company. But over the long term, I think it's undeniable that these biotechnology companies are developing cures that we need for cancer, for Alzheimer's. There's going to be buyout premiums as, as Big Pharma gets interested. So rather than pay, play individual stocks and either have a, a complete winner or a complete loser, this diversified approach via ETFs over the long term actually is a pretty good wealth-building strategy for you. Um, let's talk a little bit about earnings. Uh, is that one of the reasons also, the earnings momentum that you see in healthcare, as one of the reasons why you like healthcare stocks? 
Yeah, I mean, there is the growth potential of biotechs, but it's, it's important to remember that um, a lot of these companies are development stage and they don't really have uh, earnings or profits just yet. Some mm-hmm. of the big pharma companies do have significant profits. Uh, people are a little concerned because of the, you know, the patent portfolios that they have, some of, the, some of these patents that are coming up. But the bottom line is that the earnings momentum across all healthcare stocks is, is actually pretty significant. Um, there's a, a company called FactSet that does kind of earnings insights every quarter. Uh, it's free. It's a great tool. I encourage people to Google it and look at it. Uh, the facts that report says the blended growth rate for the entire S&P 500 for uh, first quarter was less than half a percent. It's about 0.4 percent. Uh, for the healthcare sector, though, uh, they've just been blowing the doors off. 86 percent have beat their forecast. Uh, there's an average earnings surprise of double digits of 10 percent or more on the quarter. Uh, they have the highest raw earnings growth rate uh, of any sector in the market. So while it is true that there is kind of uh, this anemic earnings environment out there, and there are select companies that do have the kind of overhang of patent expirations, that's not true for healthcare writ large, right? You can pick winners, you can pick losers, but this diversified long-term approach, if you want to play a basket of healthcare stocks, earnings momentum is there for the entire sector. And I would encourage people to do that rather than pick individual winners and losers based on individual patents. Just play the sector trend because the momentum there is pretty strong when it comes to earnings. The second reason you think investors should look at healthcare is big stocks beat big, in a quote unquote. What what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people think that you have to either go one way or the other. You get the explosive small biotechs, or you get these lumbering big healthcare companies that pay a dividend but never really grow. Uh, there's a number of companies out there that you might think of as sleepy, you know, kind of mega caps. Mm-hmm. They've actually done incredibly well in earnings. Bristol Myers uh, actually saw its stock gap up. Um, significantly after earnings is up about 15% year-to-date because uh, it blew the door off on its earnings um, thanks to a, a, a great suite of new drugs. Same for Gilead Sciences, a company with a market cap of $100 billion, over $100 billion. It has strong hepatitis drug sales. So, right. you know, it's important to remember that while there are these big entrenched companies out there, earnings growth is not impossible for them. Uh, and I think that speaks well for the entire sector, that it's not just the small up-and-comers. Uh, it is the big guys who are beating big uh, on the bottom line, too. The third reason you mentioned is long-term stability. What do you? Why do you think healthcare has better long-term stability than other sectors? Uh, you know, when you look at consumer discretionary things like those. I mean, it's it's all about demographics, right? Uh, I mean, we, in America, we have the aging boomers. Uh, elsewhere in the world, there's an increase in medical spending around the globe. Um, people are just getting better access to care. That care is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, people are living longer, so they're going to need more care as they age. Uh, I think it's very important not to discount this demographic shift. Um, there's actually a, a report from retirement giant Fidelity that says the average American couple that's 65 is going to need 220 grand to cover medical expenses in old age. Right. And that's just because our bodies break down and it, it, cures are more expensive than ever before. So uh, I, I think it's important to remember that there are a few things that are certain. Uh, you know, there's always technological disruption and um, industrial trends and countries go whichever way they go based on cyclical behaviors. Uh, but people are undeniably living longer and they need more care. And I think there is nothing more stable than playing that trend. We are talking to Jeff Reeves, editor of InvestorPlace.com, talking about five healthcare trends for a strong portfolio. Let's talk about number four, the global growth potential. Tell us about yeah, that. I think this is probably the most powerful and I think a little bit uh, underreported. You know, when you look at the healthcare spending per GDP for nations, I mean, America is very inflated. It's north of 15, 16 percent. Right. But the typical Western rate, um, we talk talking Germany, Japan, Canada, uh, Western nations spend about 10% to 12% of their GDP on healthcare. 
uh, in emerging markets, it's much, much less than that. China spent about 5.6% uh, in 2013. Russia's about 65 and India was just 4%. So these are rates that are roughly half of the Western world. And that makes sense when you think about it, right? Because you have a lot of emerging market consumers who don't have access to developed medicines, uh, the high-tech cures that we have here in America, like MRI machines. But, you know, it's, it's universally true that as the standard of living rises, the standard of healthcare rises. That gets more expensive. It's people who get new medical devices and, and prescription drugs they didn't have access to before. Mm-hmm. So it's important to remember that it, we see this demographic trend of people living longer and they need more care in America. But in emerging markets, they haven't even had the level of care that we had in years past yet. So I think it's important to, to watch this as a long-term trend. You know, you never know how these things are going to play out uh, over the long term. I don't, I don't pretend to think that India's healthcare spending to GDP is going to triple in the next two years. But, you know, could it increase 25 percent, 30 percent? Maybe, uh, as uh, emerging market consumers get access to better care. And when you look at the fact that GDP in general in these countries is, is growing at a brisk rate, too, I think it adds up to a, a tremendous tailwind for healthcare stocks that have a, a global footprint. The last reason is consistent outperformance. How long has this been the case, and how do you, long do you think to, they'll expect to, do you expect it to continue? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily cherry-pick time frames because I think, you know, kind of back-testing returns can, can be fuzzy math. But I'd encourage anybody to pick your favorite health care fund out there, and you'll see that over the long term, since before the financial crisis, healthcare stocks, healthcare funds have consistently outperformed. If you're talking about the, the XBI, the biotech ETF I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it's up about 330% since uh, early 2007. But there's equal weight healthcare funds that are, you know, they don't take significant bets on any, any, con- uh, any individual companies. They're equal weight across a bunch of S&P stocks. They've outperformed too. Uh, Vanguard index funds for healthcare have outperformed. No matter what your flavor is in any ETF out there, mm-hmm. as long as it's related to healthcare, it's probably outperformed since 2007. So when you look at that, I mean, people try to catch lightning in a bottle with tech trends, whether it's cloud computing or social media, and that can be fine in the short term. But the fact of the matter is, across the board in healthcare, universally these funds have outperformed no matter what your flavor is. And I think that's a pretty powerful story for, for the long-term investor to learn. Jeff, so would you, you, you mentioned ETFs. Would you prefer ETFs? Would you prefer mutual funds? Or would you prefer outright individual stocks? Well, I think that there's a, there's a host of very, very cheap ETFs that are out there right now for investors. For instance, the, the Vanguard Healthcare ETF, uh, VHT is the ticker symbol, is incredibly cheap. It's a plain vanilla index fund, uh, mm-hmm. but you could do much worse than that. For the sophisticated investor who wants to get a little spicier, uh, for instance, I'll again plug the XBI. I think it's a great biotech fund. It's very diversified. It's cheaper than its peers. But it's a little more expensive, uh, a little, little riskier, but you do get a lot more reward. Like I said, it's tripled uh, since 2007, while the market's only up about 40% in the same period. So it's all up to you with your risk tolerance. Um, I would say, though, that even if you are a, a, an investor who likes to stay conservative and likes to go after dividend stocks, um, a, a general health care fund can do that for you because you have those big pharma stocks in there, like your Pfizer's and Merck's, they have a good yield. Um, so it's, it, there's no portfolio that doesn't fit with a healthcare strategy, whether you're an aggressive growth investor with biotech or you like big pharma and dividends, uh, there, there's definitely a fund out there for you. I would stay diversified and stay in it for the long term because, again, these are trends that I think you can bank on for decades, not just quarter to quarter. What is your overall outlook for the market, short and long term? I do think, like I said, I think there is a lot of uncertainty out there. I, I, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see a, a crash. I think a correction uh, is quite possible. 
But you know as well as I do that corrections are common in a market, even in a bull market. You can see a 10% pullback. That doesn't mean you finish the year 10% down. Right. Um, so I do think that we've, we've seen a little uncertainty out there. Uh, I think some investors have kind of gone, quote-unquote, risk-off. Volume has dropped after earnings. Uh, I think we're in for a choppy summer, to be completely honest. Uh, but I do believe in this recovery. Uh, I do think that the, the fears kind of in Europe and even in China are a little bit overblown. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily hit eject and just get out of stocks altogether. Um, I, I, I don't want to you know, use the platitude, but I do think that this time is different. I think we are in uncharted territory with the end of QE and the raising of rates. So I think um, people would, people who overreact to this and, and try to draw historical correlations to like 1935, it's not the same market. Uh, I really think that there are not many places to be other than stocks right now. Um, so I think the market's going to get choppy. Uh, I think it is going to go up and down for a bit. Uh, but I think investors, particularly long-term investors, right? You and I have talked about this before. You got to be in it for the long haul. Right. You got to pay attention to dividends and total return. Right. Uh, I would not be afraid to to buy stocks now, particularly the big guys like Johnson and Johnson, and to hold them for the long term. I think you'll you'll definitely be safe, and you'll probably come out ahead. Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you again for being with us today Thanks on Market That is Mr. Jeff Reeves. He's the editor of InvestorPlace.com. 